an hour of truth for the battered but proud people of the Empire State. From the financial and entertainment epicenter of New York City to the sleeping and empty small cities and towns of upstate, which once bustled with manufacturing, mining, and farming. We all know from inspiration, history, and nature, we deserve a return to the success and growth of generations past, a birthright being squandered by corruption in Albany, and the depredations of an insecure, scheming mountebank posing as governor, who loathes both us and himself. As liberty beckoned to enslaved peoples behind the Iron Curtain via American broadcasts after World War II, we now say, believe, rise, and join us. Welcome to Radio Free New York. Hey, what's going on, guys? It is Larry Sharp here at Radio Free New York. Thank you for joining me on this Tuesday afternoon for lunch. I really hope you had an amazing Thanksgiving uh, holiday weekend, whatever you did. Uh, we are here, WYSL, W-E-N-Y-I, Elmira and Corning, and of course, W-A-C-K, Newark. If you want to talk to me today, you can, you really can. Just reach out, 585-346-3000, and you can tell me how awesome I am or what a jerk I am. I can definitely be both. Over this weekend, we had a lot of mixed news. The one piece that I know we've spoken about or you're thinking about and you know kind of came out of Brooklyn, came out of my neck of the woods. It was the Supreme Court saying that His Majesty King Andrew Cuomo II, all hail the king, uh, that he can't just decide that churches and other synagogues, temples, any other houses of worship can just be shut down. Now, there's good and bad news to this. The good news is he was halted. That's a good thing. Uh, we get to have our First Amendment rights. Look at that. What a good thing. Maybe during Christmas, I can go to Midnight Mass now without being a criminal. So that's not a bad thing either. These are all good things. And I'm sure if either spirituality is important to you or culturally or those uh, around you who may care, I'm sure that's all good news. But the bad news is, that's all. In other words, all the other horrible things that he's done, the Supreme Court's like, oh yeah, those are fine. Yeah, the, the, the one that's, that's not good, well, that's the, the churches. But everything else, oh, totally fine. Don't worry about that. Totally fine. That's a problem, right? That's an issue that I'm not, happy about at all right i i don't i don't like the idea that every single time he pushes we have to fight because you know what the next push is going to be right it's going to be the mandate on vaccines or the mandate on you know restaurants uh when he shuts down all eateries or something like that and now we're gonna have to go to court each and every single time and the problem is it takes enough time that his yellow zone, red zone, all his zones begin to change. So his argument isn't, oh, the Supreme Court's wrong, which is not what he said. What he said was, oh, it's moot. 
it doesn't matter. Who cares? This is just, you know, the, the Supreme Court showing that it's religious now. That's all it is. I'm still right and righteous because I'm the king. These, you know, these silly religious people, they're going to do their thing. But I'm still the head of the Church of New York because I'm Andrew Cuomo. That's a problem. However, I'm hoping, hoping so much, that when it came to the First Amendment rights, we can now fight based upon religion. Hopefully, that set a precedent. I don't know if it did. I'm saying I hope it did. I, I hope that it set a precedent that that's what we can fight on in the future. Now, those of you who know me know that I have supported those people who don't like mandatory vaccines. It's not because I'm anti-vaccine. I'm not. My kids were vaccinated. My wife took the longest time to do it. She was concerned. So she, she did different a different way. But my kids are vaccinated. I would consider getting a vaccine. I would, depending upon what's happening, I'd consider getting a vaccine. I absolutely would. What I am absolutely 100% against is mandating it. Look, every time I'm here, I put my libertarianism on my sleeve. I'm against the mandate. Government cannot tell you what to put in your body or in your kid's body. But you're already hearing it. Well, people don't want to take it. Will they take it? I don't know. They might. They may not. Hmm. What happens when Cuomo doesn't get his way? Or what happens when Cuomo thinks that most people are going to be okay with it? He then mandates it. That's what he does. He talks about it, convinces most New Yorkers to go, well, it isn't that bad. Then he mandates. Then he mandates. That's not what I want to see here. And I'm worried that we're going to see it again. But hopefully, we can fight on our First Amendment rights, right? We can say, you know what? You, you can't tell me what to do because my religion. Oh, I hate doing that. I hate doing that. But is that the only place we can go? Versus just saying, you simply can't tell me what to put in my body? Maybe. This is my worry. So while it was good news, and I'm happy that it happened... I know it wasn't as awesome as it could have been. That's my concern. It's not as awesome as it could have been, but I'll take the win, I guess. And we prepare for the next battle that's going to happen as we try to make our state survive. I don't know if you've seen this, but there are actually restaurants now that are giving the food away for free. Yeah, because now officially, if they give the food away for free, they don't have any customers. That's how they get around the rule. I won't say a law because it's not a law. But they get around the rule by saying, well, I'm just going to give my food away. And if people want to give me a donation, they can. And there was an interview I saw. I think it was this morning or last night. I've actually forgotten when I saw the interview. The owner said, I'm so far in debt right now, it doesn't even matter. This is what I spoke about months ago. For those of you who've been paying attention to me, uh, sadly not enough of you are. But for those of you who are, about six or seven, maybe eight months ago, when they started shutting things down, I said if I owned a restaurant or a store, I would just stay open. People said, well, Larry, they're going to fine you. It doesn't matter. This is going to last for at least a year anyway. You're going out of business. You're going to go bankrupt. So why bother? They can fine me all they want. Fine. They're going to fine you $10,000. Make it $10 million. You know what? $10 billion. It doesn't matter. I'm not paying. 
I'm going bankrupt. You can find me whatever you want to find me. A bazillion dollars. Is that a number? It is now. It doesn't matter. I'm going to do what I can to, to collect as much cash as I possibly can because you're going to try to freeze my bank accounts so I can survive after this disaster is over. And I said that months ago. And now we're finding people, sadly, six, eight months later, now going, oh, Larry was right. <laughs> I should do that. I'm just going to give my stuff away and take cash donations. And whatever happens, happens. Because they're so far behind, they can't recover. People say, Larry, come on. Is Cuomo going to actually allow half of our restaurants to go under? Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. The big box survives. The small guys go away. Other people move out. And His Majesty retains power. That's all they cared about in the first place. That's all that actually mattered. Will the people who he wants to vote for him stay in our state while the rest run away? Well, he's doing a really good job of that. I, I hate to say that. I wish that wasn't true. But man, it is. Now, this idea of big business that I kind of brought up in a roundabout way is going to be one I want to talk about during this entire show. This COVID response, the government response to COVID has crushed small business and assisted big business and made larger companies even more powerful and even more and even stronger. What's the government going to do? What are we going to do? Well, as I as I said with the Supreme Court ruling that there was it was good, but there was some bad. I would say this one too. There's a lot of bad with the big businesses taking over and controlling everything. There is. But I think there may be some good to this too. There may be a silver lining to this. And I hope that there is. I hope the amount of change that we see, the shakeup that we're seeing, that's hurting so many. I have to hope that there's going to be something positive on the other end, right? That's all I can hope is there'll be something positive on the other end. And the hope is cheaper, better, faster service for all of us so that we can still pursue happiness in some way without having to pack up and move a thousand miles away, right? I, I don't want to be looking at homes in, in Texas and Tennessee and North Carolina. That's why I got in the business of running for government, governor in the first place. I didn't want to move. I don't want you to move. I think we have a way of making this work. I really do. If you think I'm right, give me a call. 585-346-3000. Larry Sharp, host of the Sharpway Show here on Radio Free New York. You're listening to Radio Free New York. Hey, Larry Sharp here. Uh, thank you so much for giving me your lunchtime. I hope you're eating some delicious food. Or maybe you're working. That's fine, too. I'll take that. Whatever you got. All good. Uh, Larry Sharp here, host of the Sharpway Show. W-Y-S-L, W-E-N-Y slash I. Elmira Cording, the Patriot. W-A-C-K, Newark. Reach out to me if you like, 
3,000. Before the break, I was talking about the idea of big business really being able to explode with the government response to COVID, allowing the big box to stay open, um, watching Amazon basically take over the world, uh, able to stop Main Street and in a way even slow down Wall Street to have to focus on specific types of deals specifically those of large businesses like Amazon. You might say, well, Larry, you know, Amazon running the world is a bad thing. Well, all monopoly is bad. Agreed. No doubt. All monopoly is bad. But I want to add a concept here. What Amazon does well is it delivers things to you remotely. That's a good thing. I'm glad they do that. Well done. But what Amazon's doing now is trying to add not just your your cool socks and slippers or video game or whatever is the cool thing of the day, the gadget that you want or the food that you want. They're also now delivering prescriptions. Yeah. So now Amazon is saying, if you want your prescriptions, we got a pill pack for you, right? We will send you your prescriptions you've got to say, I mean, you've got to take um, in a nice, easy uh, packet for you. You could take it daily. We'll set it up for you, the whole deal. Oh, you need a pharmacy. No worries. We're now going to have Amazon pharmacists and Amazon pharmacy. Just, you know, go through uh, the pharmacy app, whatever that thing is, and we'll be fine. Now, ostensibly, it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Your prescriptions will be lower, and they're partnering with local pharmacies. But what's gonna happen after they've partnered with local pharmacies for long enough and people go onto Amazon, they're just gonna, they're not gonna need any more local pharmacies anymore. Or they're all gonna become Amazon pharmacies, basically gonna buy them up, and they're gonna have regional hubs of pharmacies in areas. Of course, that's what Amazon does. You might say, Larry, that sounds all bad. No, it isn't all bad. What it's showing is you can get your scripts or prescriptions without having to go through the motion that you've gone through before. It's not required. You can do a lot more of it online. You can decide if you want to see your doctor online or not. You can decide to use your local pharmacy or not. But here's another great spot. Amazon is going to give, you can take, will take your insurance or they'll give you a discount if you have some type of membership. What does that mean? That means if you've got your Amazon Prime membership now, whatever it is, a hundred bucks a year, or I don't remember what it is, whatever whatever that number is, they're gonna say, well, you can have, you know, Amazon Prime for a hundred bucks. If you want to cool Amazon Prime video, that's 150 bucks a month. And I'm making these numbers up. And if you want to have Amazon Pharmacy, that's you know 500 bucks a year, or whatever the case may be. Whatever the number is, 500 bucks a year thousand bucks a year, it's going to be way cheaper than insurance. So insurance will either have to come down or people will start going through Amazon. Why will people go through Amazon? Because all the advantages that other companies get by buying in bulk, Amazon will buy in double, triple, quadruple bulk, and they'll get dirt cheap prices. If Amazon wants to ship their goods from another country, they will. They'll just 
you'll get all Mexican scripts or whatever the case may be. They'll be able to find a way and fight that monster that is the pharmaceutical uh, industry and to lower the prices. They'll be able to do that because they're already a monster. We're literally watching Godzilla fight King Kong. Am I dating myself? Yes, that's what we're watching. The Giants, right? Are, are part of, oh, is it? Hold on, what's that newer movie? Pacific Rim. We're watching the, the giant monsters fight the, the giant death robots. We're watching them fight each other. No one else would have been able to attack the pharmaceutical industry except another giant, which that giant is Amazon. Imagine, eventually, you have, I don't know, 50 million households on it? That there's more than 50 million households right now with regular Amazon Prime. Imagine if you had 50 million on Amazon Pharmacy. They could buy whatever they want, however they want to buy it, and your cost would go down tremendously. No more worrying about, do I want food or medicine? I got my medicine. Changes everything. Even lowers Medicaid, Medicare uh, costs. Because some people are going to want to go via Amazon. They're not going to want to take, a, was it uh, Part D? Is that the one that uh, gets you prescriptions? Some people are going to say, don't want that. They'd rather have the Amazon Prime piece. And I say, well, Larry, then once they have the monopoly, then they'll raise the prices and screw us. Yeah, maybe. Yes, that could happen. The hope then is once one giant sees it, then another giant will jump in. And that's the goal, right? Sadly, there'll probably be a Chinese company like, uh, what's that, Huawei, whatever that, that one is in, in China. Might be a company like that, or Alibaba, something like that. But it could also be someone as simple as Netflix or Sony PlayStation. I'm not joking. Once you have some form of distribution, you can begin to use other things like UPS, etc., etc., and you can start doing that too. This could be multiple giants, which at least, while I'm not happy with that type of competition, I'm satisfied. I will take two giants, three giants fighting over one monopoly. I would rather have it to where the little guy can still come up. And my hope again is, if we're able to change the prescription model, the next step will be healthcare in general. When we begin to shift that model, that should open up, that should basically devastate. And this is my hope again. There are cartel systems in our, in our healthcare system that I spoke about for years. People were like, well, Obamacare was health care reform. It was not health care reform. It was health care insurance reform. And it was bad health care insurance reform. But it wasn't health care reform. Our system is still broken. What I'm saying is Amazon may be able to at least break that system. Because the other thing you see is besides pharmaceutical cartels in our country, you also see massive hospital group cartels in our, in our country. And our state, New York, supported by our governor who talks about significance of need to keep his buddies, his cronies in lots of cash. This comes in and breaks that up too. They have to be broken up. They can't give you these ideas where I'm just gonna give you some type of procedure 
and I'll send you a bill later and good luck hoping insurance pays. When Amazon Medical, whatever that's going to be, says, no, no, our pricing's up front and we'll do it virtual. All of that's going to begin to change. Again, we have to make sure Amazon doesn't stay a monopoly, but we do need a monster to fight a monster. I know some of you are going, Larry, you're crazy. How can you in any way, shape or form think that Amazon, you know, doing this is going to be good. Here's why. Once Amazon gets big, you can see it already. The government's scared. It's going to try to break them up. And when it tries to break them up, we're going to have two options. And one's really bad and one's pretty good. I'm hoping for the good one. The bad one is they create some type of rules and regulations that basically gives government control in some way, shape or form of the information, which is all the government wants is the info that Amazon has. And they'll make Amazon a default or de facto monopoly, government-sponsored monopoly. That's the bad one. The good one is they'll begin to create an environment to where the little guy can pop up and fight the monster. We'll have a bunch of Davids that can fight the Goliaths. But we've got to break that monopoly first. Break, sorry, break that cartel system first. And I think a company like Amazon can be the weapon that we need to break it. Can be that giant that can fight the giant, the monster that can fight the monster. Yeah, you didn't think I'd be doing Godzilla and King Kong today, did you? But I am! See that? Larry Sharp with an E that sounds for that stands for entertaining. Absolutely. Larry Sharp hosted the Sharpway show. So happy to be here. I will see you very soon, right after the break, here on Radio Free New York. You're listening to Radio Free New York. Hey, Larry Sharp here. Radio Free New York, W-Y-S-L, W-E-N-Y, and W-E-N-I, Elmira Corning, the Patriot, and also W-A-C-K, Newark. Reach out to me, 585-346-3000. Now, I was talking before the break. I was talking about... Amazon changing healthcare. I want to go a little bit further into this if I could. It's not just about prescription. It is, absolutely. It's also about the idea of changing how we deal with healthcare in general. Right? Do we always have to go to a doctor? We can. But right now we don't go to our a normal practitioner, whatever that doctor is or that medical professional is. And then we go to a hospital if we're in trouble, emergency room if we're in real trouble. That's kind of the way it always goes. If you go back 40, 50 years when I was a kid, there were no nurse practitioners or holistic practitioners or uh, physician's assistants. You had to be a doctor and licensed by the state, and that was it. But things began to change. And some people are very happy going to nurse practitioners or physician's assistants or whatever is the healthcare provider that you want. Now it's called a healthcare professional. They don't say go to your doctor anymore. They say go to your healthcare professional, whoever that person is. And I'm actually happy with that idea. I love it. Again, look, you should go to the person or people that you trust with your, with your healthcare 
whoever those people may be. If you're a doctors only, good on you. If you're not, also good on you. But what about things like house calls? What about things like um, x-rays? What about things like, I don't wanna sit in line or sit in a room with a bunch of the people because of, I'm afraid of COVID or I have something that I don't wanna to give to people or people don't wanna give stuff to me, right? Where do so many people gain those staph infections that wind up you know, crippling you or killing you? It's in a healthcare facility. What if we could have less people going to those healthcare facilities? We're finding that right now. Lots of doctors now are doing things remotely through a Zoom call or some of them a video. There's now things like um, 3D virtual where you're, they're looking at you and, and scanning you virtually, things like that. You can go to a facility to where you're in a facility in a certain area and the doctor is a, a, you know, two cities away, that kind of thing. You can create specialized hubs for people who have specific problems and issues so we're not cross-contaminating people with problems we shouldn't be cross-contaminating. You even have a, a world now where some people are doing surgeries, procedures through robotic arms that you don't even have to be in the same room. Now, am I saying you should do that? Of course not. What I'm saying is imagine if more and more people decide that's the way they want to go. If that begins to change and that becomes more of the norm because of what the government response to COVID has been. Now, as Amazon begins to make that happen in the way, yep, I'm back on Amazon train. Other, the, as they attack the healthcare cartels, the healthcare cartels are going to have to act. Then do something. What are they going to do? They're going to shift and adjust and change because otherwise they're going to go under. Uh, they're already struggling. You see how many hospital groups are in trouble because His Majesty King Andrew II, uh, all hail the king, has decided that they may only do what he tells them to do when he tells them to do so. So they're not making as much money. People are going to start going to the Amazons of the world or whatever this other new form of healthcare is. Everything will begin to change. So that now, if you're someone who says, you know, I feel bad, I'm hurting, I don't have someone to take me to the hospital or to my doctor, I can pop on my computer, take pictures of my issues or concerns, chat with my doctor, and he can tell me which facility I should go to and tell me exactly what time I need to be there so I can go to that place, given my samples or be, you know, examined by maybe, not a doctor, maybe, but maybe a physician assistant or a nurse practitioner who can work in tandem with artificial intelligence and a doctor. And all of a sudden, I get great care a whole lot cheaper. And if that isn't going to be healthcare facilities, they will have to ship into that mode. Of course they will. Because the Amazons of the world, the Walmarts of the world, this is nothing Walmart could actually do. Any of them could do to make it cheaper and better. Now you might say, well, Larry, I don't want to go to Walmart for my healthcare. Okay, some people will, which means now there'll be less people at your healthcare facility. And to compete, they'll have to lower their prices too, which means insurance has to go down. Or even better, what I've been talking about for years is that we actually change away from an insurance model and instead to a membership model. 
just like Amazon, just like that. And government, instead of attacking, will help and somehow support those companies that will help support the poor among us voluntarily without forcing them. Could you imagine if the healthcare facilities now that are a cartel system all of a sudden instead became a monthly system or a yearly system along with Amazon healthcare and Walmart healthcare. Now you have two or three or four giants in healthcare and each of them now has some form of pay us X dollars per year and we'll take care of you dirt cheap. You pick the one you want to. Not too shabby. They'll have to have decent service because you won't go to the other. You'll go to the other one or this one. They'll compete. It'll be better. But there's something else. Now you've opened up the idea of smaller people who can step up. But Larry, what example do you have of that? Drug stores versus health food stores and, and natural food stores now. That's already happening. That Those people still make money. There's still a place for them. Holistic practitioners, uh, chiropractors, acupuncturists, they still exist and they still make money. And they're relatively cheap compared to uh, um, hospitals. So that will still exist. The small practitioner will still have a niche that may actually be able to do something like house calls, whatever the case may be. You may not want to have a house call because you can do it virtually, or you might want one. Watch how everything will begin to change. And all you have to do is instead of using something like uh, Medicaid, Medicare, simply tell someone like Walmart or Amazon or insert large company here who's doing this, a large a hospital group that now owns you know 400 hospitals across the, the country or something like that. If you take 10% of your members for a very low price like 100 bucks a year or something like that, you will get a serious discount on all of your payroll taxes, which for those companies would be millions of dollars. So now someone, anyone, could pay 100 bucks a year and get healthcare, the same healthcare anyone else could do. Well, Larry, some people can't afford 100 bucks a year. Yes, they can, stop, of course you can. I don't care how poor you are, unless you don't have an address. If you don't have an address, you're going to the emergency room anyway. So that's already taken care of in our current system. But if you have an address, you can afford 100 bucks a year, you can. Right, you got a cell phone, you can afford 100 bucks a year to get healthcare. So you could do something like that, deal with our poor, deal with the middle class, still allow people who want specialized service, still allow the rich to get what they want because they always get what they want, doesn't matter. But if you do all of that, you've basically broken the insurance company's grip on us. You've actually reformed healthcare, which will make healthcare insurance cheaper for those who still want it. And on top of all of this, You've broken the back of Medicare and Medicaid and still giving people service. They still can get service. You can allow Medicare and Medicaid to still exist, but many people won't use it. They'll use a better system, which means we're paying less in taxes. Oh, my God. Did Larry Sharp just come up with another plan from this horrible COVID response to actually give people better service, serve the poor even better, not raise any taxes, in fact, lower taxes and lower spending? Yeah, yeah, I just did. There is a way of making this horrible 2020 year that has had so many disappointments, 
so many horrible incursions by the government and so many sad events with individual people that we know and love. So much of that. Is there a way of pulling something positive out of this? You know, people often say I'm the optimist. Guilty as charged. Yes, guilty as charged. I think there is a way to pull something positive out of this. And that would be a better healthcare system, lower insurance, a better prescription drug system so that people don't have to worry so much about healthcare. Imagine pulling healthcare off of the table as a daily problem that we talk about and worry about. Imagine pulling healthcare, worse, off the table as a political football we kick back and forth. They're just trying to make, oh, you're for Obamacare, then therefore you're good. Oh, you're for Obamacare, therefore you're evil. Insert thing here. This can be done. But guess what? There's even more. I'm not done. There's another good thing that can come from this, and I will cover that when we come back. Larry Sharp on Radio Free New York. Reach out to me. 585-346-3000. Back after the break. Free New York. Hey, Larry Sharp here, host of the Sharp Way here on WYSL, WENYI, Elmira Corning, the Patriot, and also WACK in Newark, 585 346 3000. Before the break, I kind of talked about a plan to make healthcare healthcare insurance better. And I think it's possible. It's doable. The worry, of course, is if you take it off as a political football, well, Democrats, Republicans don't like that. They would much rather fight over that for the next 20 years than actually solve something. I get it. I hope they're wrong. The other piece I wanted to bring up was education. This is not an Amazon thing necessarily. It could be. I think, I think I'm off the Amazon train for a bit, right? I did two segments on Amazon train. I can get off it for now. The education's a big deal here. And I feel it myself. I have a 16-year-old daughter who's looking at going to college soon, a 10-year-old daughter who's nowhere near that yet, but still dealing with other issues too. So let me first deal with the college piece, which is just crazy to me. College now in many good colleges is going to cost you anywhere from forty to sixty thousand dollars a year for college, for for the higher the higher end obviously right. There are many colleges you get for a lot less, but for the higher end colleges that much. And in the past, those schools did very little online, right? Very little. Almost all was in person, and that was part of the the charm. That was part of the the payment, right? You got to pay because it's the in-person environment, the in-classroom environment. It's talking to the people. It's being there on campus. That's where you're going to learn and move and change, blah, blah. That was all garbage, has been garbage for decades, still is garbage. And the advantage of the response to COVID has been people are seeing what garbage that is. They're seeing that, that education. No education is worth $50,000 a year for some 18, 19, 20, 21 year old. Nope, not, not worth it. That's been true again for decades. 
But we haven't a choice. Why? Government's throwing money at the, at the kids for terrible debt. They can stay in debt for decades after just so they can keep funding these colleges, which don't provide any value near $50,000 a year. And now we're finding it. Why? Because kids and parents now are suing the schools. And they're saying, for the last year, all my courses and classes have been online. You told me that that was impossible. That's why you had to charge me so much money. You told me that the whole point is for me to be on campus and doing all these cool things you told me about. That's what you said. Well, I gave you 50 grand. I want my money back. Well, I, that makes sense. I get that completely. And now the school's going, well, um, you see, well, and then uh, look over there. This has been a problem with our education system, our college system, for decades. Now it's coming to fruition. And I love it because my kid's going to be going to college in a couple years. And I know we're not paying those same prices because no one's going to pay those same prices. Not so I can go online. The same online that I can get almost for free on YouTube. Or I can get for literally a tenth of the price at other institutions. Yeah, that's not going to happen anymore. And that may finally break the back of an edu of a upper um, education system that has been broken for decades. It has been a racket for decades. And maybe now that can be broken so that where people who want to go to college can don't have to go into debt for 20 years to do it. And other things will happen too. Some people will stop going to college. Not everybody should go to college, but we're pushing kids through college. So now they spend six or eight years in college because they can't graduate in four because they don't want to go to college and they're bad at it because they don't care. I went to college late. I went to college when I was 21. I was in Marine Corps for three years before I went to college. Why? Because I would have been a crappy student. I didn't want to be in high school. I was a terrible student in high school. I'd been a terrible college student. And most of my, I would have done what most of my friends did, which is take six years to graduate college. Or I waited until I was ready, until I wanted to be in college. And then I graduated with a four-year degree in two and a half years because I wanted it. People should go to college because they want to go, not because they're pushed into it. And if we can finally break the back of that education racket, of that collegiate university racket, less people will go to college, more will go to trade schools or other things they want to do. Some will wait until they've experienced the workforce, decided what makes sense for them, and then go back to college for the things that matter for them. That would be awesome. I'd love that. And maybe we'll stop this crazy testing. Testing, 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 so we can get into college, testing since they're in fifth grade. One of the reasons why so many high schools, particularly in New York, push their kids into college is because their, their placement rate in college is one of the ways that they get federal funds, all about the federal money. If we can break this, we can break the federal money, break the college racket. But it isn't just college. I have a kid who's 10. Now she's not taking standardized testing either. Good. Standardized testing. 
I don't mean testing in your grade given by the teacher. Of course you must do that. I mean nationwide standardized testing. It's nothing but bad. It makes kids who are bad test takers feel like they're dumb when they're not. They're just bad test takers at 10 years old. So now they get labeled a dumb kid and they act accordingly because kids act that way when they're labeled. It's, it's unfair for teachers. It's unfair for schools. Think about this. How many times have you thought to yourself, why don't we teach home ec? Why don't we teach civics? Why don't we teach shop in my elementary, junior high school, whatever the case may be? Why don't we teach that? I'll tell you why. It's not on a standardized test. What's on a standardized test? English and math. How does my school get federal funds? How do they get paid? That test. So what am I going to teach to? That test. If you want more localized control of your own school, where you can have the things that you think are valuable in your community, testing has to go. All I can do is hope that the response to COVID has also broken this education monopoly. The our old idea of K through 12, we sit in a classroom eight hours a day, that was broken 20 years ago also, finally we'll figure out that doesn't work. We're so worried about keeping our kids into childcare that we haven't realized, is it about education or not? Now, I'm not against childcare. If you know, I've talked about ways of communities supporting themselves in having better, cheaper, safer childcare. That's an important thing. I want you to have the freedom to either go to work if you want to as a parent or stay home. Of course I want that for you. Guys, you know me better than that. Of course I do. It doesn't mean that answer has to be public school the way it has been. Maybe some of the homeschoolers, maybe they have a good idea now. They're not looking so silly now, are they, those homeschoolers? They had the idea. They had the plan the whole time. Private school, public school, homeschool, I'm hoping this is another big advantage that comes from the COVID, the, the, the government response to COVID. This show was about the chance that we can have a good silver lining out of this horrible year. Better healthcare, better healthcare insurance, better K-12 education, and better collegiate university education. It can be done if we take advantage of this crisis and don't take more power, but take advantage of this crisis and make real change to have happier, better Americans happier, better New Yorkers. We can do it. I'm Larry Sharp, host of The Sharpway Show. Please follow me on all the internet things, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all those things, The Sharp Way. I will see you very soon. Thank you so much for giving me your lunchtime. Larry Sharp, Radio Free New York.